0: hey hey welcome back as always this is curse words and crayons and this is amy and this is Z. and we are just gonna dive right into it today unless we have any corrections or comments from last episode z
1: i haven't heard anything yet also it just went live this morning so you know i guess we'll we'll hear in the future if we have any corrections. So no, we're ready to go. So let's dive in. Okay. So
0: let's hear all about the life of Lydia Sherman. She was known as America's queen killer, the poison fiend, the modern day Lucretia Borgia, or simply the Derby Poisoner.
1: Speaking of Lucretia Borgia, we were actually going to cover her this episode as well, but we have decided to move that out so we can actually do a complete episode on her and her zany antics. But this specifically is about Lydia Sherman, so let's dive right into the timeline. Lydia Sherman was born Lydia Danbury in New Jersey in 1824, and within a year of her birth, her mother had passed away. When her father remarried, Sherman chose to live with her uncle, John Clay Gay, a New Brunswick, New Jersey farmer, because she didn't like her stepmother. When she was 16, she began working as a tailor, which, you know is in The Times at 16. You're basically supposed to support yourself at that point. You've had an apprenticeship, whatever. When she was 17, she met her first husband, Edward Strzok, at a Methodist church they both attended. They were soon married. He was a widower with young children. He worked as a police officer in the New York City suburb of Yorkville, and he was 20 years her senior. Okay, some sources say... Edward Struck had like six kids before Lydia. Some say he had 3 kids before Lydia. It it honestly I I was confused and I still I still don't know exactly how many children this old man had <laughs> before she got married to him. Um yeah, I think some of the kids were possibly out of the house. Uh, So maybe he did have six overall, but maybe three lived with them. I think there were
0: some things that I was reading that as they talk about what happens to the children that, you know, why were some affected and some not. And I think it's at that point, he's 20 years older than she is. The possibility of him having older children that don't live in the home is pretty probable.
1: That's true. That's true. Cause man, that is an age gap. Could you imagine at age seventeen getting married to a thirty-seven-year-old
0: grown-up? Probably. And also, who has like potentially grown-up children and other yeah. children that now you're like mom to? No.
1: Ooh, maybe some of those kids are older than she is.
0: But also, her mom dies when she's born or shortly thereafter. She doesn't live with her dad, so she lives with her uncle. So, like, this could be potentially, like, her first experience with, like, a fam like, family with kids and all that. Oh, that yeah. seems, that is a whole psychological episode in itself. Like, that is. That's a lot to jump into. And, and then. S- next. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: is- yeah. Within seven years, they had had six children together, which just, holy fuck, that's a lot of children. It's a lot of, which, if you have six kids you're amazing. That's wonderful. Me, I don't know if I have the emotional capacity for six. I would probably have poisoned my children, too. I I
0: mean, it's ins- I was always the person that said I wanted multiple children. Like I want lots of kids. I want four kids, I want five kids. When my second was born, I was like, "No thank you. I don't want to be outnumbered at this point. Like two's good. I'm good." And there are some days that that too feels like six. So actually having six that could feel like 12, no thanks. That's not for me.
1: Some of my friends say after three, it just doesn't even matter anymore. Any kids after three, it all feels the same. But that's a lot of that's kids. Um, I mean, different lifestyle back then, though, that's more people to help around the house and with the younger children. Regardless, life in the Strzok household began to decline when Edward lost his job. He fell into a serious depression and he was unable to find more work, which was also understandable because... He worked for the police department at the time, right? So he was a cop. And there was this rumor going around that he had been fired, basically, for being a coward. Essentially, he had ran, or the rumor was that he had ran away from the scene of a crime. All of this is coming to a head. He is is finding himself mentally very ill at this point and he also can't work so physical issues so instead of having him committed to a mental health institution lydia decided to poison struck killing him with arsenic clearly completely reasonable reaction if a man can't provide for you throw the whole thing out i mean why would
0: why would you it's you're just dead weight at this Right, let's go.
1: Yeah, get out of here. What are you doing? No, but that's a lie. I mean, I joke about killing my husband with poison. Like, I, I, the joke is, if I ever needed to kill him for whatever whatever reason, I would poison him because I mean, clearly that's just that's the way that I would go. However, I mean, this guy was going through a lot. So yeah, she, she's killed her husband. She's axed him out. This poor guy was just suffering through a lot. He was the sole provider for his family. Now, all of a sudden he's labeled a coward and especially if the rumors were true, that's even more of a mind fuck probably for him because not only was he labeled a coward, but he was a coward. And then his wife who had his six children, instead of being loving and devoted to him was like, Oh, fuck you. On top of the six
0: children, he has three, four, five, six kids of his own. So
1: now, so you've just killed your husband.
0: Now you've got all these kids.
1: So it's funny that you've mentioned that. Because within a number of weeks, she had also killed their three youngest children. They were six, four, and nine months old. And her reasoning behind killing her own children that she had birthed out of her vagina and was pregnant with for, I mean, you think at least seven months, okay? She stated that they could do nothing for her. So she poisoned them. She sounds like a peach. She really does. Then her 14-year-old boy, George, fell ill from lead poisoning. And suddenly he's dead. Eliza, her 12-year-old daughter, was sickly. Like she just came up sickly. Couldn't work. Wham, bam. She's dead now too. John, he's 16. He's out of the house. He's safe. 18-year-old Lydia, who she named after her literal own self um she got the flu so she's got to die too all of these death certificates state typhoid fever as the cause of death her crimes went unnoticed and she moved to connecticut only one of the eight children of her eight children made it to adulthood One died in infancy, which some people are not necessarily infancy, but one died young and people speculate that it could have been the first person that she poisoned, but also, you know, this is the 1800s and kids died. I mean, that's pretty common for
0: kids to die. I mean, not that I wouldn't put anything past her, but. What I find so interesting and we're going to talk about this next is so she's now murdered like her whole family essentially over the span of, you know, years and then she moves and becomes a nurse. That seems dangerous.
1: Yeah, she 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 definitely did and it's also because there was no paperwork to follow her at this point. Nobody's googling right. her. Nobody has, um, you know, an HR lady who is, uh, calling to check out her references. So right. she and just, they're not, there's
0: no like social services that are like, what's exactly. going on with all the kids and they're dying.
1: Well, they all got sick and all died around each other around the same time that checks out for right. oh, that yeah. time period for sure it whole families died of typhoid fever that's why it just wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal it was a big deal but it, nobody really right. blinked an eye at the fact this whole family fell down dead so it was and again the time exactly and then she moved so now she is new bitch who dis You know, as long as she goes more than an hour away, how long is that on horseback? That's, I mean, whatever. As long as she goes like two hours away, she should be home free. She should be, she should be cushy, living a new life, right? Right. There's no computer
0: systems or records or anything. Everything is just, you know, localized where it's at. Exactly.
1: Exactly. She eventually acquired a position at a sewing machine store, and around the same time her friend introduced her to Dennis Hullbutt, a well-to-do older man who owned some real estate but lived economically. He was known among the Connecticut locals as Old Hullbutt. (laughs) They were slim pickings in the 1800s. That's what she gets stuck with. I mean, apparently. So she took a nursing job for him. So this is where the nursing comes into play. And within one year, they're married. He's also older than her. Shocker. So in public, she like really piled on the PDA, even though during her confession, she stated they never got along. They were not. It was not. It was in a happy marriage, really from the beginning.
0: So she just apparently really likes old dudes.
1: It's not my thing, but it is some people's thing. You know, for me, that's a yuck. For you, maybe that's a yum. And that's okay, as long as everybody's consensual adults and the things that you're doing are mainly legal. You know, as soon as they were married, Dennis altered his will, leaving everything to his new bride. And soon after that, he got sick. his oh. the health again. I know, right? That's so strange. His mm-hmm. health began to decline until one day the village physician was summoned to his home because he was suffering acute pains in the head and the stomach, accompanied by an intense burning as if he had a violent fever. Seeing the seriousness of the situation, he requested assistance from like other people. Sadly, Dennis died before those physicians were able to agree upon a diagnosis and he was buried a few people at the time suspected foul play but she inherited his $30,000 estate which is equal to $500,000 today so a half million dollar estate it's not that's not something to shy your nose up at super shortly after Dennis's death like eight weeks later literally Lydia applied to be the housekeeper and nurse for a man and his children this man's name was Horatio Nelson Sherman who in some places is also referred to as Nelson I found that to be weird but whatever some people go by their middle names and yes he has two small children and he's also a recent widower Um, His kids' names were Ada and Frankie. He was described as a skilled mechanic and was super generous. He, again, was also a widower, and he had actually been left with four kids to support, but Lydia was hired to take care specifically of his two youngest ones. After a super short courtship, the couple got married in 1870. Unfortunately, their wedded bliss did not last long at all his infant son took ill and died super soon after they got married. And again, this is another this is another age that I had problems discerning whether or not the infant was 4 months old or 15 months old or 18 months old, but this was a child under 2 years old and apparently this came about because Horatio, he had a conversation with Lydia and mentioned or something was wrong with his son and he wished life was easier. So wham bam, now he's dead. Within a few months after his son died, his teenage daughter also took ill and died. And those were weirdly the two children that Lydia was responsible for taking care of on the daily. It's funny how that how that happens. So strange. Yeah, so Horatio
0: obviously becomes super depressed. His children are dying, you know, within a few months of each other. And that, coupled with the fact that Lydia and Horatio are not doing well, um, really kind of made things worse. It also seems that he was upset because she had yet to become pregnant by him. Horatio starts drinking and him and a bunch of his friends leave to go to a nearby college town so that he could kind of have like a guy's weekend, I guess. That's a thing in the 1800s, I don't
1: know. Oh, sorry. He also apparently was spending her money, like, left and right, and this was also pissing Lydia off. So he was a heavy drinker before. Now he's uh, straight-up probably functioning alcoholic or non-functioning alcoholic. Right. And he was also spending her money not only on alcohol, but just, like, other random things. He was known to be very generous to other people. With not his right. money. which
0: is interesting because you know True. I read that too. he's super generous and now he's spending all girls money, not realizing who he's dealing with <laughs> and he's upset they're having marital issues, they're having different problems. While he's gone on these drinking trips, uh, he leaves Lydia home to take care of his other two children. In June of that year, it was reported that he drank a drink that was given to him by Lydia. I read it was a hot chocolate, and within two hours he was complaining of a bad headache. So he had a raging fever, quickly followed by cramps, and then he died two days later, suffering from dreadful agonies. Um, I had also read, and I believe we talk, yeah, we do talk about this later, that it was, that this was actually an accident. This was not, she didn't mean to poison him or she says she didn't mean to poison him. So the symptoms that he suffered were reportedly like those suffered by his children. And that caused the doctor to start doing some research. He's realizing, you know, this particular doctor is like, something is not right. He then decided to investigate and scheduled like uh, an autopsy essentially for the time. Um, and so according to the autopsy, they found they took out part of his stomach and part of his liver, and they sent that away to be analyzed. Um, it takes at that time, you know, it's the 1800s. It's not super easy to get those things processed. It takes um, several weeks. And they were able to figure out that the liver had been found perfectly saturated with arsenic and there was enough to kill three men. That tells me that that one drink is not what she, the only drink she had been giving him.
1: I wonder what arsenic tastes like. Uh, I mean, that sounds, <laughs> but would you just not? you wouldn't be drinking your coffee or your hot chocolate and be like this tastes like poison i mean you would just gladly a glub love 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 that down and that would just be well if he's an alcoholic then maybe uh if she's also adding alcohol with it as well right it just i i think I mean, it makes sense when you when we when I read and found out that she killed some of the kids by putting arsenic in their baby bottles. I'm like, okay, kids are dumb, But it also seems kind of strange that this grown ass man just drank that much arsenic.
0: I just Googled this, which could potentially put me on some sort of a list uh, (laughs) out there uh arsenic has no taste smell or color <gasps> so that is how
1: oh see i was i would i would i feel like it should taste like tahine <laughs> <laughs> <Take laughs> or me on like screen. lucas i don't know amy i don't know what it looks like obviously but it just in my head i picture lucas or like tahine or something that is just very aggressively pungent to the taste buds and nostrils. Do you know what tahine is? Yes, you know what tahine is. I know is. what I'm just-
0: is. <laughs> I'm really putting myself on a list. So, it's arsenic is a gray appearing chemical. It can exist in metallic states in three forms. It looks there are some pictures on the Google images where it looks like rice almost in some pictures where it looks like cocaine or sugar of some kind so i guess if you grind it into a fine enough powder because isn't it like it's like powder form i mean he probably didn't even realize that it had been put in his food and i wonder if at this point she says i'm not i wasn't thinking of hurting him but like is this just becoming common presence you're just like throwing arsenic and everything just to kind of see what happens
1: Apparently, it looked like something else that he liked to put in his drinks, too, because during her confession, she talked about, oh, you know, I didn't mean to poison him. I just kind of put the arsenic by something that he used to put in, like, his colas or to make it fizz.
0: Who just leaves arsenic, like, sitting in your kitchen?
1: Apparently, this was just a normal thing. Like It was totes norms to go down to your local Walmart, which obviously wasn't called Walmart at the time, and say, hey, hit me up with that arsenic. And they were like, cool, how much? And it wasn't a big deal. They used it for rat poison, obviously, and for just like... There were two other explanations as well that I was like, okay, okay. And now I I can't remember off the top of my head.
0: I'm glad you can't just go down to ye olde Walmart today and get (laughs) arsenic. Like, that seems, like, a dangerous. I can't get my kids to stop licking things on a normal basis, like, let alone, like, here's some arsenic just hanging out in your house. It's cool. What do you think
1: CPS would do if they went into a foster home and just saw some, like, arsenic chilling on that? I mean, that's not – don't do that. That's not funny. No. But – I'm just, just cause of all the, I have a lot of foster friends and I know like everything has to be locked up and na, 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 um, to the point like where they come over to my house. I'm like, sorry, it's really unsafe here. You know, like my bad, excuse me, excuse me. My chemicals are just everywhere. Right. <laughs> no, it's more like I don't pad the corners of things or, and like, right. I don't. I don't do right. X, Y, and Z that they had to because of state or federal requirements. So,
0: yeah, everything has to be put up. So, Lydia proved unable to avoid any kind of suspicion around this situation. So, the doctor who was doing all this investigation figured out that this had happened to Horatio. And so, he exhumed the bodies of the Sherman children and had all her alerts body exhumed and discovered that all of them had been poisoned so at some point this doctor made a connection between lydia and her previous husband but they were in the same town so i guess that doesn't make that I mean, because it was very soon after his death that she worked for Horatio and then married him. So all of this information comes to head and girls like, bye, -bye." she flees. So she leaves to go to New York, but he is able to get her extradited back to Connecticut. So they bring her back. They put her in jail. This all happened in 1871. In 1877, she escapes from prison this girl is resourceful i'm disgusted at her behavior but i'm impressed so she
1: she, like fake an illness or something
0: yeah so she was (laughs) under the watch of a careless matron who i guess at that time they just kind of put whoever in charge of the jail but then she must have some friends in low places because she gets these friends that help her all the way to providence rhode island so at this time that's pretty far and she must have had some money saved up because she's now going from like hotel to hotel. She's like moving around. She's trying to keep oh, herself.
1: Yeah. So and they're not like, Oh, hey girl, can I have your credit card right they're operating in cash at that? She would have to pay before right. she stayed. It's not yeah. it's not a stay and then you can pay after. No, 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 you pay up front.
0: So she makes a mistake and she tells a hotel worker. Two different aliases, like she gives her two different names. And the woman realizes that this is happening and calls the authorities, and she's put back in jail. She escapes in 1877. She is brought back to prison in 1878. So she had a good little run, like almost a whole year that she was out almost on the run. A year. But then several weeks later, she gets ill and she dies. So I guess, what is that? She
1: got cancer and she had to suffer through that shit. Nobody was there to rat poison her to death. Yeah. put her out of her misery.
0: I guess not. And that's the story of Lydia Sherman.
1: Okay, some questions that I have. How does one just feel okay murdering their own children? She could have just as easily abandoned them more easily because then they wouldn't have died Di- being dead is like a messy thing like it's not this clean like they don't just bleh, and then that's it like are bodily fluids and all sorts of nasty stuff so like for me that's a no i don't want to have to deal with that she could have literally just packed her shit up and left all those kids at the local orphanage down the street and they, and nobody would have batted an eye because she just it, at least for her first marriage nobody would have batted an eye because yeah she's moving states away now they don't or not states away it, as long as she's moving more than two two streets down the road people aren't going to know sh- who she is she isn't a, she's a new person essentially so why why did she have to I, that just seems It seems like so much to just kill your kids. One was literally named after her. She named a child that she was pregnant with and gave birth to out of her vagina without medication because this is the freaking 1800s, right? Not in a hospital. At home, just squatting in her living room amazing, wonderful. She kills her after she, this kid lives a whole ass life. And, and and I get that one of her kids was sick. So look, that's a lot, especially in the 1800s. But they weren't all sick.
0: Why wouldn't she just leave? She left oh. after all of this. She flees and goes to another state. Why would she not? I mean, I guess maybe finances. She, she didn't have any money. It sounds like she didn't have any money coming into it. So she was clearly getting the money from these dead husbands that she has yeah i don't understand the poisoning like what what psychological issues is she facing that this becomes becomes your only way out it doesn't sound like she was being abused it doesn't sound like this was like i don't know you hear about people that like i'm not i am not condoning this You hear about people that like kill their children because like they're impoverished or there's a lot of disease or what, and this is like, they're, they're saving them from, but that doesn't seem like this is the case. It's just like, meh, I don't have anything else to do. And I'm tired of dealing with this. So here, eat your arsenic oatmeal. Like I just, it's yucky. I don't like it. And then to go on and marry somebody else and poison them, right. And then go on and marry somebody else. Who has kids and poison them but old Dennis didn't have kids so I guess she took a break in between there and then it I don't know because then she takes the job as a nurse and then nannying for kids because that's how her and Horatio got together
1: exactly why would you even know I honestly read a lot of really conflicted reports on the amount of children that came and went through her lifetime because I mean yeah it's 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 hard to 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 find non conflicting reports so she she killed at least 10 um but she people but she could have also killed 15 people i don't know at least 6 were her own children however
0: and maybe this is where so we're going to get into Lucretia Borgia in another episode but this might be where some of that connection goes cuz there is some similar wow things with her and like how many kids she had and how many times she was pregnant. But what is sad about that story and this story and we'll talk about this in the next episode is it sounds like there was a lot more like physical like it was like actual like natural causes like miscarriages and all those kinds of things. Uh-huh. So, but to have all of those kids and for her to not be noticed that, and all of those kids be, you know, die suddenly, and for nobody to notice until she gets to husband three and kid fourteen, fifteen is beyond. It's insane.
1: When she escaped, so when Lydia escaped from prison, she actually. When she was arrested, she had taken a job as a nurse and house cleaner in the area to a uh, male human. She was, like, on her way (laughs) to her Mm -hmm. fourth husband. They caught her right in time.
0: There's no employee laws at this point. There's no, to become a nurse, it's like, okay, you're a nurse. Like, there's no, it's not like, oh, you have to go to school and you have to do this and that. Like, there's just a lot that was unnoticed so maybe it's what's more miraculous is that this doctor was like hold up wait a minute we're gonna start researching some of this because something's not adding up
1: and she never really gained anything from these killings so yeah at one point she did get like a half a million dollar estate which was huge okay i'm not saying that that's not huge but if you're gonna kill 11 people i'm gonna get more than half a million dollars that's what i'm saying I, I mean, that's not that. I mean, that's a lot of money, but that's not that much money. Where but I'm like, that's yeah. Your only okay. Girl, right now, a- I'm a stay-at-home mom, in my only, I, you know, I, I hustle to make, you know, financial in gains, other ways for our family, a, a way that I can contribute that way as well. But that doesn't mean that like I'm gonna poison Aurora or like. Poison my husband and Roberto's got a really good life insurance policy, you know, so I'm just saying also so does my dad and I know I'm still like one of the beneficiaries off his so I'm just saying I know lots Mm -hmm. of people that I could could (laughs) gain from their death, (laughs) but it's just it's just, you know, it that's I don't have it in me. I just I wonder If she woke up one day, killing people's my thing.
0: I mean, obviously there was something in her that gained something from the poisoning. Like, whether that was a psychological thing, whether it was she felt relief or like she there was there had to have been something she was gaining she's not just killing these people for no reason like no personal reason but I don't know what that is and like at the time she goes to prison like there's no like therapist that's like asking like oh. why did you kill these people it's like you're just going to jail and that's it like, which, which I mean, I mean yeah.
1: but yeah she should go to jail she's killed all these people but also at the same time yeah she's uh She's... Nobody's asking questions. I mean, it it just feels like there had to have been... Not that any mental illness excuses you um murdering people. That's right. terrible. Um And yes, I do think that that means that she should have been not with the general public. Yeah, it's, it's like there has to have been something in her brain that was just like, feeling good. Because she was well, the first... She was the first woman to have double-digit kills. Ooh, you know what I just thought of, though? Arsenic is so easy and it was so attainable. Like, what if it just didn't feel like as big of a deal because people just died all the time, so you were kind of insensitive towards that. And also, it just was so easy to kill somebody that she was like, oh, this isn't that big. If it was... Yeah, you know, it's like not like she had to cut anybody up. She just put a spoonful of something and right. a drink.
0: Well, and because I would imagine, because arsenic was so easy to get a hold of, like you could go anywhere and get it, that mm-hmm. I'm sure kids and people were accidentally ingesting it on a regular basis. So maybe it wasn't like that big of a deal. There was a test called the Marsh test that was how they detected arsenic. And that was first published in 1836. So this was in 1870. So there was some sort of a way for them to test for it. And I imagine that they came up with that test because so many people, they were unable to determine like what was happening. So how they would test for this is it was using water, hydrochloric acid and copper foil. So something about those chemical reactions if arsenic was present um inside food or in human remains, that would that's how they would figure it out. So James Marsh, thank you for your service, sir. Coming up with that test.
1: I just don't I don't understand what was wrong with this woman's brain.
0: But I feel like that is the age old question about murderers, so, though, isn't it? This like is true. What yes. made you do these things? What made this happen? I think what's the most, that sticks out the most to me with her in this case is number one, she's a woman and you don't see very many lady killers out there. And number two, she was like the first woman to hit double digits. And this was in the late 1800s. Like we're not talking about 1980. Like this is hundreds of years ago. At that point in time, women were not... I don't know who was the first ever recorded serial killer. Like it definitely wasn't a woman, a woman, but what triggered that in her. And it was like, not just one person, like I'm going to poison my husband who's been beating me or that I don't love anymore. And I have somebody else or whatever. I'm going to poison my husband, my children, my husband's children. And then also I'm going to head on down and kill these people too. Like, it doesn't make sense. I don't, there isn't a lot of research out there about her family. Like, It sounds like she had kind of a tumultuous relationship with her father because she didn't want to live with her stepmother. She lived with an uncle. I don't know. Was there weird stuff? I don't know. Like there's just because it's so long ago and like, it's not like we can ask somebody who knew her like today, like, what, what was she like? I mean, it's been, it's been, she's dead and gone. So I don't know. I do think it's fascinating that at that point in history, she still managed to get caught.
1: Me too. I can't believe they had a test for arsenic. That just blows my mind. I mean, that seems really advanced for that time.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I'm sure it wasn't fail-proof, like I'm sure there was, you know, but to be able to send those things out, and obviously it wasn't, it wasn't something that they could do in-house like he had to send it to another location to get it tested but good for you doctor for standing up for those people so i am excited to talk next time about lucretia and kind of talk about these parallels. Because I do think in looking at the research and as we will talk about next time, and we won't do a homework episode for this next episode because we kind of already did one. And this is just almost like an extension or a part two. Um, I feel like while I am 100% confident that Lydia Sherman is a garbage person, I don't know that I'm 100% confident that Lucretia Borgia is a garbage person. I think she, I think she got a bad rap. So I'm going to be interested to see what else we're able to shake out of that next time when we, when we cover that case, any final words?
1: No, I'm also just really excited to dive in more to LaCrescia's life. I'm I'm stoked. It's, It's a cool time period. And I, I do agree. I think this woman just got a bad rap. Also, I've heard something about a possible poison ring that she might wear or might have been rumored to wear. And I used to love going to the Renaissance Festival as a teenager and I bought at least six different poison rings.
0: I was unaware that a poison ring was a thing
1: it's like a regular ring, right? But then the stone on top actually opens and you can put things in there. Some people in the seventies used to, um, and they also do this with jewelry and stuff too, like in Cruel Intentions, where yes. Sarah Michelle Geller sniffs cocaine out of her. So yes, in the seventies, okay. people used to wear them a lot to, to do the drugs.
0: Well, that is interesting. So come back and we will talk about poison rings. Join us over on Instagram at curse and crayons. Send us emails at curse and at gmail.com. And while you're at it, come join us on Patreon. We've got a lot of really cool stuff in our Patreon. I am pretty impressed with how that's looking. So if you're interested in learning more, we've got some extra things in there. I know today uh, or maybe last night, uh, my One of my soup recipes has hit your inboxes. So we're adding some different new things in the account. So we also just set up a fun Discord group. And if you're not familiar with what Discord is, um, Z, tell them a little bit, give them a little taste of what Discord is.
1: Oh, it's just like a, it's an Internet messaging forum where you can discuss different topics uh, in the same app. I use it specifically for a book club that I'm a member called the lit coven. And I thought that it would be perfect for us to use as well. And I've already set up different chats for all the different cases that we have covered as well as a case suggestions chat, and then just a general chat. And yeah, I have the notifications coming straight to my phone so we can talk and be friends and it's going to be wonderful.
0: Yeah, so you can, uh, if you join our Patreon at the $3 level and up, you can access the Discord group, which I think is really cool because I know for Z and I, like we do a lot of texting about cases and a lot of chatting about cases. So it would be nice to have other friends that are talking with us about these things. We're going to be doing a lot more things with this and we really want our Patreon to be a place where our community can come and hang out. So please feel free to do that. And that is our case for today. Join us next time. Enjoy your week. Happy fall, y'all. And we will talk to you again soon. Goodbye. Bye.